Hey guys, welcome out to Psychology Hacks. Today we're going to be talking about accessing flow states, which is a, basically an elevated state of mind that allows you to be much more productive and enjoy yourself a lot more. Um, it's basically a state of hyper focus and awareness. Um, recently I read the book Flow by Mihail Csikszentmihalyi, who, if I'm saying his name wrong, I do apologize. It's spelled C-S-I-K-S-Z-E-N-T-M-I-H-A-L. I. So I'm pretty sure I'm saying it right. If I'm not, I apologize. Um, but his book was fantastic. I really got a lot out of it. And there was definitely a lot of prior knowledge that kind of coalesced and kind of started to make sense a little bit. Um, but basically, I'm going to kind of review his his book a little bit. I'm going to have a couple quotes from that book in today's uh, episode. And I, I just think it's very valuable, very valuable tool that he has. So we all have a a pretty limited amount of energy that we can give in this lifetime and how we use or how we choose to, to spend that um, it, it determines the quality of our existence overall if we don't consciously decide how we want to utilize our time and attention uh, our minds are basically going to take the easiest option available to us and we're going to live in a state of reactivity to take charge of our energy is basically to take charge of everything else, honestly. And with enough effort, any obstacle um, can be overcome. Any potential future can be realized. It just depends on the amount of work and effort that you put into it. Now, the most focused manifestation of our energy comes in the form of our attention. So how we make use of the tool of our attention will shape our experiences on both a day-to-day -day basis and also on just the grand scale of things in our in the, looking out at our entire life. Um, so yeah, like I said, this book uh, was packed full of insights. Um, I'm really excited to get to share some of it with you. So one of the, I want to start off with a quote from this book. Uh, he said, everything that we experience, joy or pain, interest or boredom, is represented as information. If we're able to control this information, we can decide what our lives will be like. So moving on. His work was basically, uh, it was based in learning how to optimize the human experience. If you've ever been curious about why some people thrive in miserable conditions, but then fall into a depression um, when they come out of that condition and they get back into the comfort of their own homes. Well, this is um, this area of study might be of interest to you. So early on in my career, I noticed something that I thought was pretty odd. Uh, back when I was in the Marine Corps, I was, I was in the infantry and I was exposed to a lot of adversity on a pretty much daily basis. So challenge, hardship, suffering, all that good stuff. That was just a fact of life back then. And the teenage enthusiasm that I showed up with very quickly dissipated under the harsh demands of a very cold and unforgiving reality. And so I quickly began to regret my decision and I started to sink into a pretty deep depression. Honestly, every every second of that, that first little while felt like just sheer torture. The early mornings and the cold, the long days and the heat, it just became a living hell, and I desperately wanted to get out of it. And I wasn't alone in that either. Uh, many of my peers were just as depressed as me, and a culture of destructive alcoholism and socially validated depression kind of became the norm. Suicide rates became high. Uh, it wasn't uncommon to come home to the bar or to come back to the barracks at the end of the weekend only hear that you know somebody that we knew had killed himself and I spent a lot of time just really bitter and angry about my situation uh, in my mind I couldn't get through that enlistment fast enough and just every breath I drew, I drew took me that much closer to freedom so those first two years that's how I lived in this I was very uh, my attention was very strong but I was very um, attentive towards the wrong things towards the negative and all I had brief glimpses of 
peace and sanity. But the thing is, I started to notice something eventually. I started to realize that there were there were always individuals and small groups of guys, um, whatever wherever I went in this area, like whatever new company or platoon I was in, there there's always these people that were just completely unfazed by anything that happened. You know, they, they laughed at every bad news. Um, they were, they were like playful towards the most extreme elements. They thought everything was kind of just kind of lighthearted and uh, a bit of a joke. And I, I got really curious about these people because I was like, how do you, how do you say so positive and um, relaxed in such desperate environments? And I really wanted to understand how the both of us could be in the same situation and exist in completely different worlds. I wanted to understand why I could be huddled up shivering in the near freezing rain, just like breaking down on the inside while people to my left and right were laughing around, you know, jumping in the nearby puddles. It didn't make sense to me. I wanted to figure it out. So I decided that I couldn't live like that anymore. I was pathetic, miserable. Um, I had no self-respect at that point, and I decided that somehow, some way, I was going to find a way to change myself. So I, I wanted to respect myself again. I wanted to stop thinking about just escaping and getting out. And since I didn't really have any idea what to do, I chose to just fake it till I made it. So I started laughing at the pain. Um, even though I wanted to be numb, I started smiling first thing in the morning, even though it felt like I was waking up to a nightmare. I started pretending to enjoy everything, um, which was the key part of the story. So I started just embracing it. I started acting like, okay, yeah, I like doing this. I, I want to spend time on the rain. This is fun. Like I'm enjoying it. Um, and I also just also started hanging out with the most resilient people that I could find instead of my loser friends because, you know, I wanted these people to toughen me up. I wanted to learn from them. So it wasn't long before I started to know to notice a, a very um, dramatic difference. Instead of trying to escape this struggle, I was beginning to embrace it. And with nothing left to run from, I didn't feel like I was being overtaken anymore. So the lesson here is a mindset. If your attention is focused outward on a situation that you can't control, then you're setting yourself up for misery. You really are. You're setting yourself up for failure. You're not going to be happy because you're always going to be thinking about all these things that are caught, bring you anxiety and bring you pain, and you can't do anything about them. So learning to change that focus and to keep it in the present, that's a life-saving tool. It really is. You can't optimize your experience of life when you are solely focused on what's wrong in your situation. You just can't do it. You can't find happiness when you're giving that happiness to the future. You're not embracing it in the present moment. So another quote uh, from this book is, to gain personal control over the quality of experience, however, one needs to learn how to build enjoyment into what happens day in and day out. And that's why I was sharing that story is because there's, well, there's a couple lessons in there, but one of the big ones is just, I started to realize that the more I pretended to enjoy what I was doing, the more I actually started to enjoy it. And the lesson, I mean, you can take a fake it till you make it lesson out of here if you want to, but kind of the reason behind why it worked is that I, I was beginning to enjoy the experience uh, because I was giving more attention to things. I wasn't saying, oh, well, I'll be happy when I get back to my barracks room and I'm dry and warm at the end of the week. And I'll say, oh, no, like I'm going to be happy right now. No, not, not 10 minutes from now. I'm going to be happy right now. Even if it means that I'm working even harder at something I don't want to do, I'm not thinking about the misery and the struggle and the, the discomfort 20 minutes later when I've, you know, made my situation worse because it's raining out and I decided to run around and, like, really embrace what was going on and, like, put myself in a situation where I'm going to get that much wetter. I'm not thinking about how cold I'm going to be in, in 10 minutes because it's, you know, 35 degrees with ridiculous wind chill. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about what I'm doing right here, right now. And that was what started to very slowly 
build me up, make me that much stronger because I was beginning to actually enjoy this experience bit by bit. So once you learn to maintain your inner state of experience, nothing in the outside world really can phase you. And that's kind of the, you know, Zen approach to things. It doesn't matter what happens on the outside. It matters what happens on the inside. It matters how you interpret that information. It matters what you do with it. And I love saying 10 people can face the exact same challenge and experience it in 10 completely different ways. We have no idea what the cold, hard, objective truth is. We just don't. So we're left to interpret it as best as we can. Now, knowing this liberates us to consciously choose how we want to experience life. Um, controlling our inner state gives us the freedom to design whatever experience that we want to. There's no one to tell us that we're wrong because none of us really knows what the ultimate reality is. So if anybody says, oh, well, it's wishful thinking. Well, you don't know that. You don't know what's really true. And while goals definitely are important for growth and fulfillment, they cannot satisfy us in and of themselves. Constantly seeking after the next big thing, it might keep us from becoming complacent, but without certain stipulations, it's just going to leave us chasing our tails. Um, it's never going to be enough. It's equally important, if not more so, to learn how to enjoy the process. Finding pleasure in the act of practice in and of itself not only ensures that we'll persist through the hard times, but it dramatically improves the quality of life along the way. And that's a huge deal, guys. Most people never realize that they'll work towards something, but they don't learn to actually enjoy the practice. They don't learn to actually enjoy the process to, to find pleasure in that daily activity. So if you're working on writing a book, for example, I mean, you might enjoy writing and then get into this, this book and then it just becomes a chore, it's a habit, it's something that you have to do as a hassle. And then you start to get off track because you're not enjoying it anymore. Or even if you stay with it, you're not, you're, the, the quality of your work isn't as good. Even if you're producing good quality, you're not going to enjoy it as much. Something's going to be off somewhere along, along the way, right? And of course, that's not even to say anything about, um, you know, even if you're not striving towards something specific, just your quality of life in general, when bad things happen to you, I mean, how are you going to react to it? Uh, one of my favorite quotes by Marcus Aurelius is, choose not to be harmed and you won't be harmed. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. So the filters that you use to control your view of life will dictate how you see everything. Now, unfortunately, most of us never really choose the filters that we use with any intention. Uh, we kind of just tend to take it for granted that things are the way they are and we don't really question whether or not our subjective reality could stand any kind of upgrade. So in the book Flow, uh, he writes about how important it is to begin seeing yourself as being in harmony with the environment instead of in op opposition to it. Um, viewing life as a struggle, it, it creates the feeling that we're out of place. It creates the feeling that we don't belong. And that's just, it's not pleasant for us. Stress, um, oh yeah. Let me read off a couple more quotes here. So stress only exists if we experience it. It takes the most extreme objective conditions to cause it directly. The same amount of pressure will wilt one person and will be a welcome challenge to another. And one more. The quality of experience of people who play with and transform the opportunities in their surroundings is clearly more developed and more enjoyable than that of people who resign themselves to live within the constraints of the barren reality that they cannot enter. So what happens when we begin feeling our powers of attention, um, when, when we begin developing them, when we create that laser focus? Well, when we begin to change the quality of our subjective experience, 
we take ourselves out of a solely reactive state and we start learning how to create changes in the environment around us. That circle of influence starts to, starts to get wider. Harnessing our attention places us in a, almost a meditative state of mind uh, while we perform a task. And with all of our mental resources channeled into one activity at once, we can really optimize our brain power. So the real hack here is learning to change the entire quality of experience. As amazing as our nervous system is, there's, like I said before, there is a limited amount of information that we can process at any given time. We're not physically capable of giving high levels of attention to multiple things at once. It's just not possible. The more deeply we engage with any one task, the more everything else just gets crowded out. Now, that's both a blessing and a curse. It means that the more we have on our plate, the less productive we're going to be. But um, on the other hand, however, this does give us a leg up on the competition. The ability to focus on one thing at a time uh, definitely gives us an edge over anybody whose attention is divided. And in reality, the more that we can intentionally divide somebody else's attention, the more of an advantage we have. If you overload their mental capacities with as many distractions and problems as you can, especially emotional ones, things that are like really going to get to them on a, a primal level, um, you, the, the more you're going to run them down, the the better of a, an advantage you're going to have over them. So keep them fighting fires all over the map, and they're just not going to be able to get ahead. At the same time, you need to eliminate those fires on your in your, your own territory. One of your, the most valuable skills that you can develop is a laser-like focus. Giving your full attention to one thing at a time, it's almost like a superpower, honestly, especially since nobody else does it. Everything else will start to fall away from your awareness. All of your mental resources are brought to the task at hand. And this enables you to learn a lot faster, it enables you to be uh, more creative, to engage much more deeply, to react much quicker, to make quicker decisions. And the interesting side effect of this is a state of experience called the flow state, which is what this whole book is about. And the flow state is something that we've probably all experienced at some point in our lives. And that's basically, it's basically when time ceases to exist, when problems just kind of seem to dissipate in our full cognitive ability is flexed in a very productive way. And the flow state is a psychological hack, essentially. And it's a psychological hack that we're looking for here. It's a state of mind that makes us infinitely more productive. But it also comes with the zen-like quality of enjoyment. So spending more of our time in the state is going to help us be much more successful, but it also boosts the quality of life uh, while we're working towards whatever it is we're working towards. So according to Csikszentmihalyi, the flow state requires several components. My biggest takeaway from this book, besides the attention part of it, is the idea of constant improvement. Um, well, besides attention and obviously learning to enjoy the process, but that constant improvement is also a key component as well. So to create a flow state, you have to be constantly challenging and pushing the limits of your abilities. Uh, the challenges, they need to fall into a happy medium between being too easy and too difficult, of course. You don't want something that's way too hard because then you're just always going to feel frustrated. You don't want something too easy because it's never going to be a challenge. If you're consistently up against something that's well outside of your abilities, it's discouraging. Um, but of course, if you're not being challenged at all, then it's boring. There's no satisfaction of growth. So break your problems down into manageable steps and start working on tackling them one at a time. So fixate on each step so intensely that everything else just kind of falls away. And it's really good to take a step back every now and again and to look at the big picture to adjust course. Obviously, like you need to take that, that broader view of things um, pretty frequently. But during the actual practice of what you're doing, you want to be as involved as possible. 
So the state of absolute focus that we're looking for, um, you may have heard athletes talk about it. It's called the zone um, kind of commonly. And growing up, I was always familiar with that term, um, being heavily involved in martial arts, long distance running, and getting ready for a military career. I wasn't any kind of stranger to the to the the flow state that occurs a, a lot of times during like an intense training session. Uh, and it was always a goal to achieve it because in the state of mind, everything just gets easier. Time starts to speed up, slow down, depending on what you need. Minute details stand out. The unconscious mind begins to take over and react very quickly. I mean, incredibly quickly, way faster than the rational brain ever can. And I didn't really know it at the time, but the flow state is actually available for access at any time, as long as you know how to do it. So one more quote. I think it's one more quote. Probably one more quote, maybe two. But by the gradual focusing of attention on the opportunities for action in one's environment, which results in a perfection of skills that with time becomes so thoroughly automatic as to seem spontaneous and otherworldly. I don't know if you guys heard the thunder in the background just now. It threw me off just a little bit. Moving forward. Besides the fact that entering a flow state can make us more productive, there's also another major reason to learn how to access this state. The simple fact that living in flow is much more satisfying um, of an experience than the average state of mind is enough in and of itself. It really is. So in the flow state, we're constantly, we're taking control of our experiences. We're deciding how we want to perceive life instead of how our primitive brain wants to perceive life. Uh, learning to find enjoyment in suffering is a priceless skill, and it's one that most people never develop. So in my experience, uh, we're, we're coming to the end here, but there's four main components to this, um, to just controlling your inner experience. And this is, uh, this is me and my personal thoughts. This is not coming directly from the book anymore. Everything so far has been uh, my take on his work. At this point, this is me saying, this is what I've noticed in my life. So if you disagree, feel free. Um, but the first one is laughter. If you can laugh in an unpleasant situation, even if it's not a genuine laugh, even if you can just make yourself do it or find some kind of humor in it, you immediately change your state of mind. Immediately. Laughter reduces... Um, your overall stress. It releases endorphins into your bloodstream and it puts you into a much more positive state in general. Since how you feel about a situation is your subjective reality, it pays to have a strategy for painting uh, undesirable circumstances in a positive light as much as possible. Number two is hyper-focus. Uh, you want to really get involved as much as possible in the second-to-second -second process. If you're running a marathon, you don't want to be too worried about how you're going to feel 16 miles down the road. A much better strategy is to, to not only focus on each step, but also to really try and enjoy each step. This enjoyment, um, in my experience, comes from accepting the moment as it is and not letting your mental energy get pulled away by thinking of a future because you can't control the future. You can only control what's right now. And you can only control yourself right here and right now. Number three is competition. Always trying to do just a little bit better than yourself and others is a great way to get through difficult times. Um, remember that challenge is one of the requirements that's needed to get into a flow state. Um, competitions, is, it makes things more fun. It turns the challenges into a game. Uh, it can pull you into a more positive mindset. And the reason I think is, is kind of because you're crowding out those negative thoughts. You're not thinking anymore about... Um, the negative stuff that's happening to you, you're focusing on the things that you can control. If you're trying to get just a little bit better than you were yesterday, if you're trying to be a little bit better than the person around you that you're in competition with, 
it takes your attention off the stuff that you can't control and puts it on things that you can control, which is automatically going to boost your quality of life. Number four is camaraderie. Uh, lastly, just always remember, <laughs> if nothing else, that misery loves company. Developing strong social ties with people around you, it provides a support structure that can get you through even the worst of times. And if the other people happen to be suffering as well, they're going to want your company. You're, they're going to appreciate your company. The downside of that, of course, is that you know you don't want to get sucked into a negative situation where people are being toxic. But um, if you can get it, it's great. Um, it's not always an option, of course, but there's usually some form of community that you can embrace. The trick here is just not to rely on these people. Uh, you want to try to build them up as much as possible. It's weird, but if you sacrifice your own energy for the greater good, you're going to find that it makes things a lot easier. It kind of it boosts your mental abilities. It boosts your quality of life. You'll start to feel better about yourself, and you'll start to feel more energetic, oddly. Um, doing that also has the added benefit of establishing you as a leader also. Okay, last quote. Only direct control of experience, the ability to derive moment-by-moment enjoyment from everything that we do, can overcome the obstacles to fulfillment. Taking charge of your life can be a daunting task at first. It really can. Uh, You might try out one or two of these techniques, get really excited at the possibilities, and then start to feel overwhelmed by the idea of having to do this constantly for the rest of your life. You know, that state of uh, hyper-focus and attention, it can be exhausting. It really can. And it can seem so much easier just to relax and stick with old habits. But if you're familiar with what I teach by now, you should know that there's no reason to stress about this. It might seem difficult to change your mindset to the point where we're always in a flow state, but we don't have to do it all at once. We can start out by utilizing these techniques just here and there, work our way up to doing it as much as possible, and gradually just improving day by day, just a little bit better each day. It's not a race. If we struggle to commit our undivided attention to the task at hand for more than a few minutes at a time, and that's all we can do, well, that's okay. It's a a work in progress. Do the best you can. Just make sure that it becomes a habit. Um, Because once it becomes a habit, it becomes automatic. You don't have to think about it anymore. So just work on developing your focus every single day. And as as soon as you start doing this, you're going to start feeling better about yourself. And before long, you're going to be doing it for longer and longer without even having to think about it. So creating that habit of living in a flow state is not only going to boost your productivity exponentially, um, but it's also going to give you an incredible quality of life. And it's up to you to decide whether or not you're going to take control of that subjective experience and therefore your reality. So parting words, embrace the struggle. Have a good day.